This morning's reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. The Triumphal Entry. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Angie. Let's, uh, let's pray briefly, shall we? Lord, we thank you uh, for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to reflect on it this morning. And we pray, Lord God, that we might do so with ears open to hear what you would say to us by your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, good morning, everyone. Good to uh, welcome those who are watching online as well at home. We're going to take a few moments this morning to reflect on uh, the king arriving in town. In fact, I thought we'd start with two kings. There we go. There's the first one. One arriving in Berlin this week with his entourage in, uh, in a Bentley worth £10 million, although I'm sure if it went for auction it would go for a lot more than that, with a 6.75-litre V8 twin-turbo engine and a four-speed automatic gearbox. And then there's another king. The other arriving in Jerusalem on a donkey. Now, admittedly, he didn't have the option of a uh, Bentley with a 6.7-litre V8 twin-turbo engine and four-speed automatic gearbox, but I think you get the point. The crowds in Berlin lined up to welcome King Charles as he arrived for his first overseas state visit as a monarch for a number of official engagements. The crowds outside Jerusalem lined up to greet King Jesus as he prepared to face his enemies and the road to a cruel and undeserved crucifixion. I don't know if you picked this up in that passage that um, Angie read to us, but as Jesus entered Jerusalem, we're told that the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? 
Perhaps a few people in Berlin were asking the same question of our king. <clears throat> but it struck me that the question being asked on the streets of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago and the commotion Jesus caused is a far cry from the reaction to him on the streets of Downend today. Outside of Jerusalem, coming down from the uh, Mount of Olives, uh, some people lauded him. What an amazing scene it must have been as people spread their cloaks on the road, as they cut down the palm branches, and as they cried out in celebration. Inside the city, there was something of a different feel as the authorities plotted his demise and waited for their moment to seize him. He was the centre of attention. Everyone seemed to have a view. Some thought he was a good man. Others thought he was a great teacher. Others a prophet. Others just some kind of imposter. I'm not sure how many people in our community are asking the question, who is this of Jesus at this time? Jesus is uh, ignored seen as irrelevant, sidelined, perhaps dismissed. Maybe this is how people are thinking of Jesus, if we can have the next slide. Not really bothered. Or perhaps the name of Jesus is just an, an easy, off-the-tongue sort of curse. We were swapping stories at uh, Alpha this week. We're, uh, what, about 10 weeks through Alpha, and we're thinking about what it means to share our faith. And we're talking about different situations we find ourselves in when the name of Jesus comes up. And uh, often in the, in the workplace, uh, for some people, the name of Jesus comes up when someone cries out, Jesus Christ! And so we had a couple of stories on that theme. A few weeks ago, um, my car broke down. Now, some of you know that I chose the wrong car a few years ago. So um, four or five years ago, looking for a second-hand car, I thought I'd really like one of those Ford Focus um, with an EcoBoost engine um, that's sort of just three or four years old, that'll be economical on fuel. I want one a sort of, you know, reddish, maroony sort of colour. Managed to find one. Big mistake. It just so happened that Ford Focus EcoBoost 1.0 litre engines of that particular year, 2012, had a big problem. The front of some of our national papers highlighted that problem one day when there was a picture of an exploding car and a recognition that there was a fault with the design of this particular year of engine which caused it to overheat and sometimes catch fire and explode. Now, now mine hasn't actually caught fire and exploded, but um, I've, I'm now on my fourth engine because it has overheated three times and needed to be replaced. And Ford kindly have agreed each time to replace the engine free of charge. They're obviously feeling a bit guilty. So anyway, um, I was heading down to Western Supermare in January um, with, with Jonas. Some of you know Jonas, sometimes plays in the band, he's away at university at the moment. We were going down to Western Supermare um, for a dog walk. We're going to walk um, Sammy along the beach and looking forward to a really good catch-up. And uh, we got to the junction just before Western and uh, the um, 
dial started showing that the engine was overheating, which is always the first sign that something's going wrong with this, with this particular year of engine. So um, pulled in, was able to top up with uh, coolant, but uh, within seconds it was overheating again. So we abandoned the plan to go to the beach. Uh, Joe Porter came and rescued Jonas so that he could be ready for his shift in Sainsbury's later that day. And I waited for the repair uh, man to come. And I waited and, wait, and two hours later someone turned up and got, on the, got in the van. And um, I was telling him this story of how I was on my fourth engine and uh, all the fiasco we'd had with the Ford EcoBeast in 2012. Um, I'm sorry if anyone's got a Ford EcoBeast from 2012. <laughs> And if your engine hasn't exploded yet, I hope it doesn't. I really do. Um, but anyway, I was telling him this story. And um, in response, he just said, Jesus Christ. And I said, what's it got to do with him? Um, and then we just carried on the conversation. I just sort of threw that in there. And then uh, 15 minutes later, as we were carrying on our journey, he said, well, what do you do for a living then? <laughs> So I said, well, I run some residential youth camps, and um, I'm, a, I'm a vicar. And after a second or two, he looked across at me and said, ah, oh, so that's why you said, what's it got to do with him? Um, Tim Fear, some of you know Tim. Tim was sharing a similar story on Monday night from his workplace, where uh, the language is often very industrial. And uh, in response to a colleague using Jesus' name in vain, Tim's response was, where? Is he back already? <laughs> Which I thought was a good one. <laughs> he got a bit of stick for it, but it caused a stir, and people in his workplace know that he's uh, a Christian and are open to talking with him about that at different times. It's a sad indictment, though, of modern society, isn't it, that the saviour of the world is just a swear word, a way of expressing frustration, or for others, that the saviour of a world is deemed surplus to requirements because we live in a world which is more enlightened. We've made great scientific progress. We're more self-sufficient. I don't know about you, but if we go on to the next slide, I don't know about you, but I want people in, in my street, at my cricket club, in the pub, to be asking the question, who is he? I long to see the name of Jesus creating a stir in our town and city again. How might this come about? Well, obviously, we need to be praying to that end. We need to be praying out of a deep longing for God's kingdom to come. Praying that those we come across day by day may be awoken from their apathy and indifference. And that thought has challenged me this week as I've been thinking uh, about today and asking myself the question, who am I praying for that they might know who Jesus is? And start asking that question, who is he? Recognizing that I've got lazy in that area of my prayer life. I encourage you to be thinking about that. I'm encouraging you to uh, once more to get involved in One Church One Day as we uh, meet to pray later this week and as we use that 24-hour period. Using some, some of that time to pray for our community and for those you meet on your front lines 
day by day. Uh, later, at the end of this month, as part of the noise weekend on the Sunday, there'll be an opportunity for us all to do some prayer walking around the parish and seek God for this community. Our prayer is that the name of Christ might be known. Our prayer is that his kingdom values will be seen in our society. Now, for some, the idea of prayer walking may be, may be new. It may seem a bit scary. But I'd really encourage you to get involved and we'll be helping prepare for that as we go through this month. We need to be praying. We also need to be ready to engage. Our faith in Jesus is no private matter to be kept behind the safety of our front door. 1 Peter 3 verse 15 is a a verse we've spoken of here many times over the years. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Are we prepared to give an answer? Are we prepared to speak out the name of Jesus or to explain what it is that drives and motivates us? If we can have the next slide. Have you ever thrown a pebble into a still lake and watched the ripples spread out wider and wider? Well, will you be bold enough to drop a pebble in the lake to share something of your story, to give a a Christian perspective on an issue of the day, something that's being discussed by colleagues or family or neighbours? It takes courage, but who knows where the ripples might spread? Another story that's told um, on the Alpha course is the story of Albert Mamakin, a 24-year-old farmer who'd recently come to faith in Christ in America. He was so full of enthusiasm at his newfound faith that he filled a truck with people and took them to a meeting to hear about Jesus. So it was a big crusade meeting. And there was um, a farmer's son in his village whom he was especially keen to get to this particular meeting. But this young man was hard to persuade. He was a good-looking chap, and he was busy falling in and out of love with different girls and didn't seem to be particularly attracted to Christianity. But Albert Mamakin had an idea, and Albert Mamakin thought, I wonder if he'll come if I ask him to drive the truck to the meeting. So he made the ask, and this guy responded. When they arrived, Albert's guest decided to go in. And he was spellbound and began to have thoughts he'd never known before. And he went back again and again, night after night, until one night he went forward and gave his life to Christ. The driver of the truck was a gentleman called Billy Graham. Billy Graham started asking himself, just who is this? Who is this Jesus? His heart was stirred. And the ripples led to hundreds of millions of people hearing about Jesus and many hundreds of thousands of people receiving him as Lord and Saviour. There's another verse which challenges us. It's from Romans 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in 
And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We are the sent ones as Jesus' disciples. We have good news to share. The final slide. We're marking the start of Holy Week. Many of the good people of Downend uh, are looking forward to next weekend. Many of them, I imagine, are very much looking forward to a, a four-day weekend. Some are looking forward to a spot of DIY. With the weather improving, some may be looking forward to a trip to the garden centre. Chocolate eggs, leisurely lions, Easter bunnies. And those of us who like sport are looking forward to the Masters Golf, the Grand National, the start of the County Cricket Championship, and Liverpool against Arsenal. There's a lot to look forward to. But for many people in our community, Jesus won't get a look in. Unless, unless just maybe someone has the courage to invite them to an Easter service or messy church on Friday morning. Or they perhaps put up a post on their Facebook page which celebrates the message of Easter. Or in some shape or form happens to mention the name of King Jesus. I only discovered this uh, image by the French painter James Tissot this week, but for me, it captures a range of responses to Jesus as he ventures into the city. From some, we see the praise and adoration, the waving of the palm branches. From others, the disdain and the cynicism. If you look closely, there's a few in this crowd who are just showing a measure of disinterest and boredom. They're looking away. But Jesus is provoking a response. Isn't that what we long for? The city being stirred. There'll be plenty of focus in the next couple of months on one king as we build towards the coronation, and mark that in our nation. But I want another king to be high on people's agenda. We have good news to share. We have good news to share of a king, a saviour, a redeemer. Will we shrink back in safety, or will we have courage to throw in that pebble, to cause a stir, to get people asking, who is this Jesus? Let's just be still for a few moments as we think about what that says to us. You may want to close your eyes. Who are the people around you who you long to be asking that question? Maybe there's some people you can think of who, who are already asking that question. They're showing a level of interest. But you long to see them go further.
Maybe there are others who would probably dismiss Jesus completely. But they're not beyond reach. So just in the silence, ask for courage to speak out or maybe to respond next time someone uses the name of Jesus in vain. To commit to being ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. I'm going to use some, uh, some responses, which um, I've forgotten about actually, but which we used at the uh, 9.15 service this morning. So after each line, if you can just respond, God's own for the world. Look at your hands, see the touch and the tenderness, God's own for the world. Look at your feet, see the path and the direction, God's own for the world. Look at your heart, see the fire and the love, God's own for the world. Look at the cross, See God's Son and our Saviour, God's own for the world. This is God's world, and we will serve God in it. Amen. And so, by your Spirit, give us that courage we so desire. May we be bold in living out our faith day by day and speaking up for what we believe. And Lord, we pray that men and women, boys and girls across this community might begin to ask that question of your son, who is this? And find an answer that will change their lives. Amen.